Did you know that studies have shown affirmations can profoundly influence your psychological well-being, enhancing self-confidence and reducing anxiety? Here at Positive Birth Australia, we have crafted a 20-minute birth affirmations track filled with soulful, carefully curated affirmations to empower, inspire, and guide you to deeply remember the power you hold within. And to my fellow belly birth mothers, we have created a track specifically for you to honor that all birth is a sacred moment of profound significance. For only $5, you can download and immerse yourself in our affirmations track to transform your mindset in the lead up to birth and during labor, serving as a potent reminder of the inherent power and love you possess. Visit us at www.positivebirthaustralia.com or head to the show notes and follow the link provided to start your journey toward a more empowered birth experience. Welcome to Positive Birth Australia, a podcast created to empower and educate mothers along their own pregnancy journey. Each week, I'll be sharing insightful and inspiring birth stories and advice in the hopes to help you create your own positive birth experience. I'm your host, Sky Marie. Let's get into today's show. Welcome back everyone. Today's episode features the four births of Brisbane midwife and soon to be mother of five, Dana. Having her first child at a young age meant she entered her journey from maiden to mother with very little knowledge on birth or the type of care she wanted. Although at the time she considered that experience a positive one, seeing her sister have a water birth prompted her to change her model of care with baby number two. A cholestasis diagnosis during her third pregnancy meant an induction was imminent and no chance of another beautiful water birth. But instead of letting that defeat her, she decided to relinquish the fear and doubt and trust in what will be. When baby number four arrived wombside, the deep confidence in herself and birth would shine through when she decided to free birth him at home. Enjoy this episode. Hi, Dana. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Do you want to just quickly tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. So um, I'm from Brisbane, north side of Brisbane. Um, I'm a midwife, married, and I've got, I was about to say five kids, I've got four kids, (laughs) but I'm pregnant at the moment. So soon to be five. (laughs) (laughs) And were those pregnancies planned? None of my none. none. That just actually sounds insane. I've never thought about this before. None of my five pregnancies have been planned. Although my fourth, you know, we wanted to have a baby soon, but it just happened a lot sooner than we we thought it would. Yeah. Um. Well. Yeah. So it's like we yeah we want the babies, but it's not like we're actively trying. It was just like oh, I'm pregnant. <laughs> Which is not, you know, that's a, that's not a problem. Mm. Um, it's just, it's just the way that things are panned out. But yeah, yeah so no, none were planned. And how were your pregnancies? Um, pretty good. I've had uh, low risk pregnancies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like from in terms of how a hospital or, you know, medical personnel would look at it and go, oh, yeah, great pregnancies. But um, they weren't without their struggles. You you know, like I suffered from HG 
um, for the last few pregnancies. I just got sicker and sicker with each pregnancy and that was mentally really hard as well, actually. But um, I think all in all, you know, I've done, yeah, I've done pretty well. Yeah, amazing. So should we start off at your first birth? How was that experience for you and what model of care did you choose? Sure. Yep. So um, I was 18 when I fell pregnant with my first baby um, and that was with my ex-partner. So my first two children are are with my ex Mm -hmm. and um, these three three children now um are with my now husband so um yeah 18 years old I don't know what I'm doing (laughs) no we weren't you know planning to fall pregnant and um I just took myself to the GP and just said you know I'm pregnant what do I do um so he booked me in with uh you know at at the Royal Mm -hmm. a local hospital and um it wasn't until I went there for my first midwife appointment, they said, what sort of care do you want? I was like, I don't even know <laughs> what exists. Yeah. And I ended up going for um, GP shared care. Um, just because I'd seen my GP since I was like 10 years old, I had a, a pretty good uh, professional relationship with him. And I just thought it was easier traveling to where my GP was than to go um, into the hospital. Mm-hmm. So I did that um, and I thought I would, you know, hit 40 weeks and go overdue because everyone's saying, you know, first baby, you usually go overdue. Um, He was due Christmas Day actually and um, I ended up going to labour on Christmas Eve. Oh, wow. Yeah, (laughs) so that was fun. And, um, yeah, turned up to the hospital. Um, So I was just to have a random, you know, midwife because of the type of care that I had and um yeah they were it was a very busy day I remember the day so Christmas Eve super busy apparently heaps of the staff called in sick that day or you know like something happened they did they were understaffed and there was like a million women (laughs) giving birth so I was sort of put so there's like a um an obstetric review center um, that they put you through before birth suite. They, I mean, technically they should have just put me into birth suite because it's very obviously in labour. But anyway, um, went into the yeah obstetric review center and I was pretty much just put on a CTG and left to sat there for like hours, like five hours, mm-hmm. um, until you know I was saying actually, yeah, I feel like there's a bit of pressure happening, and. Um, they're like, oh, okay, there's a birth suite open now. So they, they're they like, okay, we'll walk across. I said, I can't walk. So they had to get like a wheelchair and put me up on the bed in, in birth suite finally and um, did an internal and I was like nine centimetres. Um, and it, it was very scary because I had only just met the midwife while I'm nine centimetres. Wow. And... Um, yeah, just not really knowing what the hell's going on. I said I didn't want an epidural. It was part of my birth plan to just have a gas if they offered it to me. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I, I said, well, maybe I want an epidural now. And they said, oh, no, <laughs> it's you're too far gone now, like you're about to have a baby. Um, so, yeah, I started pushing. It was quite a lengthy pushing stage. And in retrospect, knowing what I know now, obviously I wasn't a midwife back then. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, 
I think I was pushing too early, but I, it's just because I was told I'm now 10 centimetres. Mm. That means push. Yeah. actually have that urge. Um, so here I am laying flat on my back trying to push out a bloody big baby. Um, and he started crowning and my midwife said it was just taking, it was a very slow descent. And she said, oh, I, I, I need, you look like you're going to tear. I'd like to cut an episiotomy. And I, that's something that I didn't want, but I just said, okay. So she cut it and then his head was finally born and, um, yeah, pulled him out of there. And he was a big bait. He was nine pound four. Um, so he's a bit of a chunky little man. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so he was born Christmas Eve and um, not much support postnatally at the hospital, actually. And especially with breastfeeding, I really relied on my mum and my sisters for that. So, um, yeah, successfully breastfed him for almost three years. Amazing. Um, yeah, until I fell pregnant with the next. <laughs> so was it this birth that influenced you to pursue midwifery? Yeah, so that's um, that's very interesting that you say that because I was like, that was an experience that I, I, I didn't think it was an awful birth experience. In fact, I thought it was pretty good because the outcome was that I had a vaginal birth and a live baby, and I was well. Yeah. Um, and then I realised later that that's kind of the bare minimum. Yeah. Like, so one of my sisters in that time had become a doula, and um she had gone through the birth centre herself when she had had was having her children mm-hmm. and I thought that's what I want. Like she had a water birth, um, well, she was planning to have a water birth with her second and I was like, yeah, that's something that I really want. So when I fell pregnant with my second, I made sure I told my GP when I booked in that I wanted birth centre care so that I would have like that, that midwifery group um, practice like the same group of midwives looking after me through the whole time and um so I did that went went through that whole pregnancy she had a low-lying placenta there for a little while so I was a little bit you know touch and go with that because they'll say you know if it doesn't move then you'll need to have a cesarean um but it moved out of the way and yeah you know everything else was pretty uneventful I went into labor with her at um 39 and 5 so a day before like I went into labor with my first which was nice how amazing and um I know I was like what because I keep I kept like mentally prepping myself that I go over and then I was like what (laughs) so yeah I just like hung in home and was laboring at home and I'm like oh is it the real deal isn't it because you know, like when you have a birth experience, that definitely impacts your next birthing experience because you think it's your story again. Mm. So I was like, if I go into hospital, like what if they're super busy and I'm just going to be put somewhere? Like I'd rather just be at home. Um, so my partner at the time, he was with Max, our eldest, um, at his swimming lesson. And I called him and I'm like, I think you need to come home soon. Like I I just think something's happening and he, and he's just like, yeah, okay. And then I, you know, just kept laboring and then I called my mum and she wouldn't answer. And then I called my stepdad and he wouldn't answer. <laughs> yeah. I was just oh, freaking no. out anyway. <laughs> it was just suddenly ramping up 
and then um, I rang my sister, the one that's a doula and said, well, was a doula, and I said, I think I need you to come over here, like, because, yeah, something's happening. And at that time, everyone but my mum turned up at my house <laughs> and um, I was like, right, we're going to hospital. And then my sister turned up and I said, you can come with us. So she ended up coming to the birth. Like that wasn't planned, but um, I'm really thankful that she did come. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, we just turned up at the hospital and went up to the birth suite and they were running my bath already. Oh, awesome. Um, I hopped little birth centre. I hopped into the shower and then I said, yeah, I want to I try the bath. I want to try the bath. Hopped in and then my waters um, released as soon as I got into the bath and I started pushing immediately. So um, that was about a two-and-a-half-hour labour. Wow. And, um, yeah, like so water birth at the birth centre. And I was like, okay, that was a good birth experience <laughs> because – as I said, like after I had Max, I was like, oh, yeah, I had a really good birth. Like that was awesome. I had nothing to compare it to. And so, yeah, my birth with Avalon, I was like, whoa, like that's amazing. <laughs> I want to be a midwife. So I um, that's when I enrolled and um, I went to university. So after my first two nice. and, um, and then, I, you know, very soon after I had Avalon, my my ex and I split up. So I was on my own for a, a few years um, before I met my husband now. I was just finishing up my degree and we fell pregnant with our first baby, um, a little girl, a Luna. And um, same thing. I was like, oh, thank you. I was like, yeah, we're doing, we're doing birth centre. Like, this is what we're doing. And um, at 28 weeks... I ended up getting really itchy feet and I was like the hell is this but I knew what it was because I was student midwife (laughs) I was like oh shit I better tell my midwife so I let her know and so we did the necessary blood tests and they came back and said oh you've got like super mild cholestasis um which means that they recommend an induction from around 37, 38 weeks. And so they're like, you can't have a water birth if you're having an induction. Yeah. So that was quite upsetting, actually, that like threw a spanner in the works because I was like, what? Um, And then I just quickly sort of just came around and said, right, if I'm going to be induced, it's going to be an awesome induction. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, we ended up. I, I agreed to having the induction at 38 weeks and um, went in there and had prostaglandin gel inserted and they sent hubby, they said, this is at the Royal still, and they said, all right, go home. Well, you can come back in the morning um, when we're going to break our waters. And I said, I whispered to him, I'm like, you're not going home, go sleep in that car. <laughs> not leaving me. He's like, okay. So... He was, like, in the car park, like, on the very top level of this creepy-ass car park, trying to sleep in our car. Um, And it was February as well, so it was, like, really hot. But anyway, um, so he did that, and I just tried to sleep on the ward. And then I woke up, and um, I always get, like, loose stools when I'm in early labour. I'm just, like, it's like my body's just clearing itself out. And I... um, I text him and I was like, come, come here. And he's like, oh, okay, coming. 
and then I buzzed the midwife and I was like, I'm starting to get, I think I'm having contractions. I don't know, but I think it's happening. And I just went to the toilet and yeah. And she's like, okay, I'll just feel your belly. So she felt my tummy and she was like, you're having four contractions in 10 minutes and they're like really strong. And I was like, yeah. She's like, you're in labor. I was like, okay, cool. She's like, I'll call your husband. And then he just like walks in. It's <laughs> like, already did that. Yeah. So yeah, called my student midwife because I had a student who was like just a friend of mine mm-hmm. who's now a registered midwife. I had a bloody good one at that. And um, called birth photographer and I was just like all systems go. I was just like, whoa, no, this actually really hurts. And they said, okay, we'll call you midwife because I was on – I was still – you know, under care of a birth centre team. So I had, like, my on-call midwife. And um, they're like, can you walk down to birth suite? I was like, nope, get me a wheelchair. And I couldn't sit because I felt pressure. And I could tell the midwives, like, oh, my God, this lady's going to have a baby on the ward. And so they're just, like, rushing me down there. It was very dramatic. Um, We got down there and um, the my midwife hadn't arrived yet and they the birth suite midwives are like all right hop up on the bed I'm like no I don't want to I'm just going to stand here and they're like okay so they got hubby to take my pants off and um yeah I just very soon my midwife and student midwife turned up and then I just started pushing and um her head was born like still in the call you know like the Sack. So cool. But my birth photographer didn't make it in time. Oh, bummer. <laughs> so I don't have any photos. But um, it was after her head was born in the sack that it popped, like the loudest pop I've ever heard. And um, my my husband, this was the first birth that he's ever been to. So he's just he's not going through any early labor. It's just boom, having a baby, and he's like. You just sprayed the midwife and she didn't even care. <laughs> and she was just like, that's great. That's awesome. It's nice and clear. And he's just like dry reaching. <laughs> and um, and then Lulu, she cried like while only her head was out of me. And it was like the most bizarre oh, wow. feeling. <laughs> she, it's just so strange. Like this little head poking out, just like already taken her first breath. Yeah. and. She wasn't even completely born. Um, and then, yeah, the rest of her was born. And so that was a 50-minute labour from, like, me being like, yeah, it's happening, to her being born. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was intense. Yeah, I, can imagine. I feel like my uterus was hyper-stimulated, so it was just on steroids, just like, get this baby out. And, I, yeah, not much rest in between. So there was a clear distinction between the induction, even though I didn't have my waters broken or the syntocin on drip, mm-hmm. um, it was that, you know, that hormone hormone that they inserted into my cervix, that, well, not into the cervix, but behind it, mm-hmm. that made, yeah, made things go pretty crazy. So it wasn't my favourite feeling. Yeah, um, but, you know, it was a it was a pretty cool birth as well. So... Um, which brings us to my fourth pregnancy. And, um, yeah, so that was with Lennox. And it was kind of – I ended up doing MGP at a different hospital, like on the north side of Brisbane. And it was 
was there that I was kind of like, so I'm a, I'm a midwife at this stage. Okay. So I work at the hospital that I was going to birth at, like just casually. And um, so I knew the midwives that were caring for me on a, I mean, I was a student at that hospital as well. So I did all of my training there. So I knew everyone pretty well. And I don't know, just some part of me was like, you know what, I think I want to have this baby at home. So I did um, entertain the idea of getting a private midwife, but um, it was due in September and that's actually the busiest month. I think the most popular birthday in Australia is like the 17th of September. <gasps> that's my sister's birthday. Right. What? A lot of people born on that day. Oh, my God. It's like... It's a very, very busy month. And, of course, private midwives can only take on so many clients per month. So, um, yeah, so that's why I was like, okay, I think I want to do this. Could not find a single midwife that had any availability, which was fair enough because I was – you've got to contact them when you pretty much pee on that stick. Um, So, yeah, so here I am um, having to – to decide what I'm going to do. And I'm like, look, I'm just going to continue my MGP care, which I was very happy with. Um, And if I'm having a labour as quick as Lulu's, I think I'm just going to stay home. I feel like it would be the safer option as well. Like I don't want to almost be pushing a baby out and then getting in a car and frantically driving up the highway. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's what we – it just planted little seeds Mm -hmm. and so um i hired a birth photographer and i was like you cannot miss this birth (laughs) because the other one it was way too quick and she didn't make it and i was very sad and she's like all right all right so um i would i very nonchalantly said to my husband look i think if i feel like things are ramping up at home i think i might just stay here and he was not Keen, he was like, "You're being okay." He was just like, "Yeah, whatever." Okay, I'd prefer it if you didn't. Um, and so then in my mind, I was like, "He's not really on board. Like, maybe he doesn't want to do it." But um, anyway. So fast forward to, I was due on the nineteenth of September, and this is the night of the fifteenth. Um. And we were going to bed and I was watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine in bed. I love that show. <laughs> My favourite TV show. <laughs> and I thought, oh, I think I might be having, like, early niggles. And, I, and again, I was convinced I'd go over. So I was like, what? And hubby had already fallen asleep and I just said, babe, I'm just letting you know, I think I might, like, maybe something's happening. And he's like, okay. I said, you go to sleep, though, because I want, you know, if it is, I want you to actually have had some sleep. Yeah. But I think, yeah, something's happening. So I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, you rest. I'm just going to chill here. He's like, cool. And then I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll try to get some sleep. So I turn the light off, turn the TV off, lie down. And then the next surge that I had, like I'll say contraction or surge, you know, same thing. Yeah shut my eyes and I gave like a little push and I just, I don't know, I was like, oh, shit, I remember this feeling. Wow. <laughs> I was like, a baby's going to come out of me. But it was actually 
Lennox was actually posterior, so that's oh. quite common in early labour for posterior position babies okay. to feel the need earlier to push because they've got um, that certain spot of their head is is applying pressure to it a slightly different part, mm. if that makes sense. So I wasn't actually pushing stage, but I just it's just his position. But I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I think I actually am. So I just let hubby know, hey, I'm just going to hop into the shower. <laughs> I think it's happening, but I'm not sure. But, and I'm still still just in denial. I was like, maybe, but not. <laughs> and it was at this point that it's probably about like half past midnight. He got up and he would just kind of stand at the doorway of our ensuite and just watch me, you know, having surges in the shower. And he didn't say anything. He's very like yeah just chill and he like walked off and then he came back and he's like would you like me to call Michelle the birth photographer and I said oh I don't know because I would have it's it must be like the people pleasing in women yeah. it's like I don't I don't want to inconvenience someone like yes even though you've hired them it's just ridiculous so yeah interesting isn't it she won't give a crap if if I said yeah. I think I'm in labor and then I'm not like she but anyway I said oh just hold off but he called her anyway and um not because he's like I don't trust you but I think because he knows what I'm like and no it would mean you would be so devastated if she didn't turn up like so I'm calling so he rang her and then he said I've called her and I said okay good (laughs) because yeah I'm probably having a baby and um hopped out of the shower and I walked out into the lounge room and he'd I was like bitching to him in the afternoon of the 15th saying we had like a really nice roast dinner and stuff and I was like I just want to have the house clean because it could happen really soon and he's like it's fine just leave it and so when I walked out he'd cleaned the whole house because oh bless him so I was like oh crap damn it we're just gonna have the baby so um Yes, very thankful for that. And then I just kind of I sat on the lounge with on my um, knees with my uh, sort of like on all fours, you know, like leaning over the back of the lounge. Yeah. And things kind of calmed down a little bit. And I was like, oh, no, maybe it's not. Like I was just confused and he just came up to me and he, he didn't say a word. He was standing behind the couch, so he was, like, facing me as I was leaning over the back of the couch. And he just, you know, he would just kiss my forehead and my neck and just, like, gently touch, you know, up and down my arms or rub my back. And I realised and it, after this I said to him, did you do that because you know that that promotes more oxytocin? and would hopefully kick labor off more and he said yeah (laughs) cheeky but like amazing yeah so he was just yeah like it's not like I underestimated him but even just my whole talk about wanting to have Lennox at home he was always just like oh yeah like not really keen on it but when it's happening he was just the most supportive amazing person ever Mm. and then he said would you like me to fill the birth pool up? And I said, oh, no, maybe not yet. <laughs> He's like, did it 
anyway. Good man. Um, <laughs> he was just, I think he was just being polite asking me. But yeah. Like, anyway. um, so he filled yeah. that up and, um, and then Michelle turned up and, um, yeah, I was very obviously like it was kicking off now. I think this is 3 a.m. by this point. And, um, yeah, so things were happening and um, I hopped in the pool finally and I knew that Lennox was still in a posterior position. Um, so there was a lot of – and I've got a lot of birth um, photos. I can send you them as well that are like – you can just see me in a million different positions. It looks like I was labouring for like 10 hours, wow. you know, like – so I'm on one side, then I'm on my back, then I'm on another side. But it was literally all within an hour. Oh. Um, was that you intuitively getting into those positions because it felt better or were you being Absolutely, told to? yeah. Okay, Just yeah. my body just being like this, yeah. yeah I, was, I tried to get out of my midwife brain because, it, you know, but it's very difficult. It's actually really difficult. Yeah, so then I was just curious as to how far dilated I was, which isn't even that relevant, but I just wanted to know. Mm-hmm. Like, And I thought, you know, if I check and I'm not that dilated, am I going to be disappointed? Absolutely not. So that's why I was okay with doing it. So I checked and I was about four centimetres and I'm like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, I think I'm in labour. Like it's, <laughs> it was obvious to everyone else, but I was like, okay. And, um, yeah, just kept going, just breathing. I shut the whole time. I would use, like, hypnobirthing techniques, but I wasn't, like, all in. It's not like I was listening to the MP3s and stuff. I was just, like, you know, trying to breathe through surges and things like that. And then I started feeling more pressure, and I decided to to feel again internally, Um, and I was nine centimeters with like an anterior lip of my cervix was kind of like wedged between Bubby's head and my pubic bone. Okay. Like I could feel it there. Um, and I just gave it a little push and, um, it slipped behind. So then I was 10 centimeters. Um, but my membranes also hadn't released. So I, you can feel like this big, I guess, like a water balloon inside there, um, which is this, I remember as a student feeling that for the first time and thinking how incredible and weird mm-hmm. <laughs> it is that I asked my husband to feel it. I was like, yeah, give me, <laughs> come feel this. And he's like, oh, like I don't want to. And I was like, no, 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 like you'll never feel this again in your life. <laughs> Just feel it. He's like, okay. So then he did, and uh, I think we've got a, a photo. <laughs> Michelle took a photo, and he's, like, removing his hand, like, what the fuck? What was that? <laughs> but anyway, um, and I still talk to him about it now. I'm like, what do you think about it? And he's just like, it was gross, okay? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not into birth as much as you. But anyway, it was cool. Um so then, and there was no mention of going to hospital. Sorry, I should also mention. I just, I think if I felt really worried, you know, that things weren't progressing as they should or just any intuition that something wasn't right, 100%, like 
I think we would have just called my midwife and said, you know, I'm in labour, we're going to go to hospital. But it, things were just happening quite quickly and as they should that it just felt right to just stay exactly where we were. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I'm 10 centimetres now and and because, you know, you learn something from every birth that you go through, I was like, I'm not going to push just because I'm 10 centimetres. Yeah. And um, I suddenly had this urge that I'd never, ever felt before. And it was like um, the only way that I can describe it is if you have, like, gastro and you, and you need to vomit and your body is literally just, like, contracting to make you vomit, like, you don't have control. It's just, <laughs> yeah. that's what it was like, but out of my vagina. <laughs> That's a good description. Right. It was just like this, like I'm not even pushing. Yeah. My body's just, yeah, doing this thing. Um, And then I realised, obviously, because I wasn't, I was busy doing something at the time, but I was like, that's fetal ejection reflex. Mm. Like my body was literally just going through fetal ejection reflex. It's just a natural thing, which I think is because I was having such an undisturbed birth at home. Um, So a few pushes of that and and pretty much his head was out. Like that was the quickest I've ever um, experienced. And and as he came down um, the canal, um, he's twisted. So he's gone from posterior to anterior. So when his head finally popped out, it was anterior, so facing awesome. facing down. And um, I just said to hubby, you know, is, is his whole head out? Because it didn't feel like it. And he said, yeah. I'm like, are you sure? Well, I didn't say he because we didn't know what we were having, but I was pretty sure it was a boy. And um, he said, no, his chin's still inside you. And so, like, I gave a bit more of a push. And um, then I, I don't know, we just had like a bit of a break between contractions and I said, oh, can you please just, I'm going to push again and then you just place your hands on his head and you're kind of pulling at the same time. <laughs> you know, I, we probably should have discussed this before we were actually happening, but yeah. he's like, okay. Um, and so, yeah, that happened and, yeah, he, he came out and um, up onto my chest and he had had the cord wrapped around his neck once, so I just quickly untangled that and um, brought him up to my chest and I looked at him and I did have, like, a fleeting moment and this is because I didn't have, like, a midwife there and it's probably just been ingrained in me from, you know, being a hospital midwife. I was, like the baby needs to cry straight away. And so I had like a little bit of um, like nervousness sort of come over me, like, oh, is he okay? And um, we looked down and, and I could feel his cord and it was pulsating like super fast, um, which is reassuring. And mm-hmm. his eyes were wide open and he was just looking at us and he had a good tone. He just didn't cry. He was just – and I think that's quite typical of – of babies that are born calmly in the water, <laughs> just like, hi, I'm here. Mm-hmm. And um, I just took a breath and was like, oh, he actually is fine. He's all good. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so the plan was after the birth, this is before I had even birthed him, I said to Bo, I'm happy to stay at home to give birth, but then I would like to go to hospital um, to get checked if I need stitches. And um, I did want Bubby to have a vitamin K injection mm-hmm. and have his, like, um, you know, neonatal check. Mm-hmm. So we called an ambulance, well, my hubby called an ambulance afterwards and they came in and it was all like, it wasn't like, oh my gosh, you know, is everything okay? It's like, it's all good. Baby's out. Placenta's still inside. Um, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, okay, cool. Um, and I think the paramedics knew that I was a midwife. Like I think Bo told, um, you know, the emergency person over the phone, hey, my wife's just given birth, everything's fine, she is a midwife, it's all good. And they're like, okay. So um, the paramedic said, you know, would you like us to give you this Sintocinon injection to for the placenta? And I said, no. They're like, okay. So what would you like to do? I'm like, can we just wait until the placenta is born and then we'll go to hospital? And they're like, yep, cool. Like they were, they were really awesome. Um, a little bit frightened. Oh, but really? Yeah. Like there's a sense of nervousness in the air. But I was like, it's all good. We're just going to wait for it to come out. So I birthed the placenta and they're like, well, okay, sweet. <laughs> and um, I cut the cord after it had come out and um, Bo put like a cord tie on. And um, I was like, all right, cool, let's go. So off to hospital we went. We just had our checks and then we we went back home that same day. Um, But, yeah, so it was was a really, really cool experience. Um, I am glad that I did it that way. And now that I'm pregnant with my fifth, it's a very popular question that I get asked all the time is, are you going to free birth like and plan a free birth? Mm. Um, but I actually um, have a, hired a private midwife. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so and then that sort of makes people curious because they're like, if you had like a good experience with your free birth, like why are you hiring a midwife? And um, <laughs> the main answer to that question is because – when I ended up going to the hospital after I had Lennox, um, my husband stayed behind um, with the other children. So we woke them up and they got to see the baby and were like, what? Mum just had a baby. Mm. And it was all very nice. And he had to drop the children off to my parents' house and then clean out the birth pool and empty out the water and stuff. And he really missed out on those first few hours of just gave amazing lovingly over my shoulder and um I just said we just I just want someone else to take care of all of that so that we can just truly be in the moment that's the main reason it's not because I feel like um scared or like I don't trust birth it's like yeah "Yeah, just want someone yeah and we can just be tucked in and um the midwife stays for like I think about six hours after the birth and yeah, make sure that um, both mum and bub are stable. And I guess it depends on your private midwife as well. But um, the one I've hired, she's just 
so amazing and so um like respectful of the process of birth you know how some people can be a bit like highly strung or yeah nervous no she's so great so sounds amazing yes and i have to tell you that story and see how (laughs) so what would you say would be the biggest lesson that you have taken away from your birth journeys I think it's really taught me the whole like transition from maiden to mother and and with each individual birth has given me something very specific and very individual to learn and like grow through each time mm-hmm. um but as a whole it's like just how important this whole process is yeah and not just like physiologically but emotionally and spiritually as well Mm -hmm. I think trusting your intuition is a massive massive part of that and I don't think I really realized just how um I can't think of the right word to describe this (laughs) just from you know ever since the day that we're born and and everything that we see in the media and and what people tell us and stuff we're taught to fear birth like Mm -hmm. birth is a is a scary thing that happens and it's an emergency but it's not it's such a normal um life process it's just like something that happens and um a really special one at that so I think yeah I think that's definitely just what it what it's taught me I I can really go into this um like labor and birth with a huge respect knowing what a privilege it is that I'm even able to experience it. Mm. Um, and so many times, I guess, as yeah. well. And are you still working at the hospital? I am. So I'm I'm not in the hospital at the moment, though. So yeah, okay. Have your birth experiences impacted the way that you support women at work? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking, I think because I had had two children before, and I had had like a medicalized experience and then, um, you know, that nice water birth experience with Avalon, I, I had experienced two sides of it. Yeah. And um, so I feel like I was and am pretty holistic as a, as a midwife. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's made me realize sort of more that the type of midwife that I want to be I have to be um, if I'm like a privately practicing midwife. So, yeah, I would like to be endorsed one day and um, be out of the system, if you will. Yeah, okay. But um, yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty interesting, and it's and it's such an honor to be part of other people's birth stories. And you can only hope that you've you've done something to positively impact their their experiences too. So. It's pretty cool. What key piece of advice would you give to any expectant mothers out there that are wanting to have a positive birth experience? (laughs) Research, like research, research, research. What is it that you even want from your experience? Like what do you want to get out of your experience? Because I think a lot of people are just like, as long as the baby's healthy, it's like, no, it's so much deeper than that. Like that's our, that's our bare minimum we want an alive baby and an alive mum cool Mm. but 
what do you really want from this experience? And like looking into how you can achieve that um, and knowing that it's not just like physical preparation, but also, yeah, emotional and spiritual. Um, and also not just preparing for the pregnancy and birth. We've, we've got to look into postpartum, which is like massively important. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like if we don't prepare for postpartum, some people will experience like a really big shock to the system because um, I think what we we think that postpartum is like six weeks after you have a baby and you're like, you're postpartum, okay, you're back to normal now. Mm. You're, you're a woman again um, and, you know, you're going to go back to work and, and your kid goes to, you know, but it's like you're actually postpartum forever. Like after you give birth, you are postpartum forever. So yeah. it's probably – it's just as important as every other stage. So please give – please keep that in mind um yeah but I'm, ha I'm having a doula this time as well so um that'll be nice to have especially you know with so many other children to have someone to come over and like you know help out and bring some nourishing meals and things like that like I've really tried to plan for the whole experience not just hey I'm going to have a home birth and then we're good to go like yeah I love that yeah so that's now I know you're a midwife yeah. but is there any resources you use during your pregnancies that you would recommend like books or courses yes so and, and it's also there are some books as well that I'm reading now um that I think are freaking amazing mm -hmm. um but there's a book called home birth on your own terms mm -hmm. um and that's by a traditional midwife um it's just got some really great information in there um another one that i think is great to read is um reclaiming childbirth as a rite of passage love that one. Oh, it's just amazing and it, i love how it's split up into the two sections like yeah like looking deep into the past of midwifery and then with eve as well yeah um hypnobirthing i i did use tech as i said yeah techniques from hypnobirthing but i'm i think i'm going to even immerse myself even more with this um with this birth yeah um uh, 10 moons by jane hubbard collings yes another great one yeah there's so, <laughs> there's so much so many yeah, which is great. Like, that's what we want. And we want, like, podcasts like this so that people can hear these positive um, stories and experiences and actually inspire people instead of scaring the shit out of them. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> lots of reading, lots of reading and lots of um, lots of going inward. So um, I'm about 32 – I'm 32 weeks and – or three days today mm -hmm. and um i'm really feeling pulled to going inward now like okay. um which is like not giving as much of myself to other people like this is really important for me to just feel like i'm prepared and just not i'm not emotionally available for anything else right now which um i think other it would be nice if other women could could do that as well and just think 
I don't need to people please and be at every person's birthday party and turn up to this, you know, Christmas party and things. It's like, no. Mm. Yes. So I'm due on the 12th of December. Oh, Christmas baby. So started off with one and I will finish off with one. (laughs) And are you done now? Is this it for you guys? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes, we were, (laughs) we were planning four. So, um, the fifth was a bonus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think I definitely just, yeah, I think we're done. (laughs) My my body's done. Like I'm, I don't think I could go through another pregnancy. Like you say you couldn't, but I'm sure that you could, but it was very, very physically and emotionally, um, strain, strained this pregnancy um on me and it was hard on the kids and my husband as well so yeah, yeah. five lucky last yeah <laughs> well thank you so much for coming on today dana you've been such a joy to chat with oh thank you so much that brings us to the end of today's episode what a powerhouse birthing queen dana is right so inspirational and although pretty straightforward births there were definitely some contrast between the four making it really interesting to hear how she felt after each experience and what she will be doing differently with her next birth which will be soon so head over to dana's instagram to follow along on her journey as she readies herself to bring her fifth baby earthside I hope you guys enjoyed today's show. Let me know what you think over on the PBA Instagram and I'll see you guys next week for another episode of Positive Birth Australia.